Ain't that your kid on TV? What are you looking at? What are you looking at? The innocent words of a drunken child. Well, I'll tell you what we're looking at, young man. A town gone mad. A town whose very conscience was washed away in a tide of beer and green vomit. I'm going down to Moe's for a couple of beers. I'll come with you. No! No more drinking. I'm tired of looking like the world's worst mother. Oh, honey, you're not the world's worst mother. What about that freezer lady in Georgia? Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review Homer vs. the 18th Amendment. I am Dando. I am Mitch. And you are soon to be an animated character, you just tell me. I'm possibly soon to act in an animated film. Uh, now, by that, it's going to be a stop-motion film and the dialogue is going to be getting laid down early next year. So, that, by the time that happens and then by the time it's all done, it's, we're probably looking at 12 months away. So, it's very, very early chats, but we'll see. What's the? Can you reveal any details? No? I've I've had literally one meeting. Uh, I'm I've spoken about two different characters. Uh, one of them is an elderly sort of father figure, and the other one is a thirty-year-old, well-spoken older brother to the main character. So the two characters that are off on the peripheral, but sort of central to the father in particular, is central to instigating the story and the main events. How did that all come about? Literally through. An email, it was one of the uh, acting companies that I've done some stuff with in the past. This guy was, who's written the thing. It was a, his self-published novel. He's adapting it into a feature film. Uh, so he was sort of putting a call out just through local agencies and they emailed saying if anyone's interested in this. And I basically just said, hey, um, you know, I, uh, I've acted and I've been doing a podcast for the last three years. So, you know, have a fair bit of experience with the microphone. And he said, you're hired. And not quite that, but it was it was pretty close to that. Now, I hope you're having a beer, a tribute to this episode. I'm having a red wine that costs $6.90. Is that enough? Why did it cost that much? Where'd you get it from? It's from Aldi. Ash got a, Ash is on a recommendation. This thing is like a multi-award winning wine. It's called One Road. It's a Shiraz from South Australia. Wait, so a whole bottle of $6.90 or just a glass? Yeah, the whole bottle. Oh, I thought you meant a glass. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe it was six ninety nine, but super cheap Shiraz, and it is rather tasty. It sounds super cheap, though. <laughs> I know, like it feels like you know you should be ashamed to be drinking it, but it is. A, it's, I mean, it's a legitimately good Shiraz. Nice label, you know, good artwork. I think that counts for a lot with it a does, bottle of yeah. wine. Yeah. What about yourself? Are you cracking into some suds? I'm not. You know why? Because I have officially started a health kick. I've had enough. Since the birth of Elliot, I've just I've put on way too much weight. I've gotten so unfit. Not blaming Elliot. It's my own personal fault. But I currently weigh 89 kilos and I'm not happy about it, Mitch. So I'm officially making the stand. And each week, I'm going to make sure that I tell the listeners how much I weigh to, to keep myself on track. Because if I have to tell the listeners that I put on weight one week, it'll be nothing but shame. So that's one way of making sure. So right now, Dando weighs 89 kilos. I'm hoping next week I can weigh less than that. If I don't, I give up. I don't know. I'm just. I mean, I'm in a bad way at the moment. I'm so unfit. I get. I get tired simply playing with Jet for five minutes. It's not good. <laughs> what uh, What item are you giving up first? Is it the Play-Doh donuts that are going out the window? 
Uh, see, I'm, 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 as long as they're purple, I'm allowed to eat them because purple is a fruit, you see. So that's that's one thing. So that's one of my fruits for the day. Three fruits per day, Mitch. So purple Play-Doh donut and an apple and a banana. But um, see, I've never been a huge fan of bananas. I don't know. Like I tried one today as like a snack at work and I was like, eh, I don't know if I can keep doing this banana thing. I'll eat two apples maybe, but not bananas. They're just... I don't know, it's just the texture of them. It just gets me. You don't look at all like you weigh 89 kilos. Like if the listeners could see both of us shirtless and side by side, you look quite thin, whereas I look... Oh, like if they I'm were... not. I'm not. I, I suck in that gut, man. <laughs> I, I do a good job of no, sucking that gut in. 100%. <laughs> if they were going to look at the two of us and say, which one of these two schlubs weighs 89 kilos? <laughs> it's, it's me every day of the week. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my fat thighs. I don't know. But I'm, I'm just like... See, but back in my footy days, I usually weigh between 80 yeah. and 83. That was sort of my fit yeah. days. I want to try and get down to at least 85. I don't know. I just, I just feel... I feel shit. There's <laughs> such a big difference between a fit 83 and an unfit 83. Yeah. Like, I... So, I'm currently at about 83, 84. And, yeah, I had been 83, 84 when I was 18. And I was feeling fantastic about it. Whereas now... I mean, if you poke fingers into me, there's not a lot of me that gives resistance. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Elliot. It's like the Michelin Pretty man. Pretty much. Like if you unlucky- I'm not saying that's what you are, but I'm just saying hey, that's what he looks like. <laughs> if you're unlucky enough, like on my wrist, you'll hit some bone and, <laughs> and obviously elbows. Um, I lost my hip six years ago. Yeah. I mean, my, my left pinky toe, that's, that's still holding strong, but everything else- <laughs> It was just depressing because I worked with my old man on Sunday. Um, he like mows lawns and does gardening services and stuff. And it was just good to be working outdoors and actually doing physical labor again because that's what I did it for. You know, I, I'm used to working, working, sitting behind a computer now sort of kills me. But I put on my old Ford pants and it didn't fit. And I was like, oh, that's oh, enough. Oh, no. That redundancy package went straight to the waistline. <laughs> oh, mate. It's just, it's, it's two things. It's uh, a lack of wanting to eat healthy because I'm just, you know, looking after Ali. I'm like, fuck it, just give me a pizza. And B, working behind a computer all day, I just, I'm not doing anything. See, you, back when I was working at Ford, I could eat whatever I wanted because I was on my feet lifting shit all day. Now I'm sitting at the computer, still eating what I want. And it's finally just taking its toll on my waistline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I've worked in an office environment for a long time. So at least my metabolism, like I'm aware of where I'm at. It's not like I've had a, a massive shock change to the system. But it is a difficult... Um, it's a difficult thing to do. And also when you're in an environment like that, someone's always having a birthday. There's always cake. Yes, that's true. And, and there's always one guy. His name's Toby. And his wife listens. So, hey, Toby. Toby came to our book launch, actually. He's always walking around handing out treats. And you just can't resist. Yeah, you can't. You feel rude if you do. Uh, it, it's it's just one of those things that you... It's so easy to get sucked into. And it's, it's so often it's a case of Monday morning, because Monday's your main diet day. You're like, right, that's it. Today... From now on, turning over a new leaf, we're on a diet. And then it'll be like, oh, it's Lisa's birthday. Would you like eighteen an 18-layer 18 sponge cake that I stayed up for five and a half hours baking? <laughs> yes, I would. Thank you. Can I have a second slice? <laughs> for my wife. <laughs> hey, where'd that second piece go? She came on my lunch break. Yeah. No, she didn't. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so I'm on a health kick. So right now, eight and nine kilos. Hopefully next week it's less. Come join me on this journey, people. Yeah. We gotta, are we going to have to get into decimals? Um, I hope not. It's but 80, I will. I will. I will if it has. If 80, I have to get to that point, I will do it. Seven, it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Anything less than eighty nine is a win, in my opinion. Anything less than eighty nine. But uh, so Homer versus the Eighteenth Amendment. 
I going into this, I was excited to review it, and coming out of it, I I was just as excited because it's such a funny episode. It's very, you know what it, I said here? It feels like a season eight episode. You know, like how we get Hank Scorpio as a one time only, very unique and out there. Frank Grimes is a very unique out there one time character, and Rex Banner is no different. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Who played Rex? That's something that I should have known if I was actually doing oh, any research. Oh, really? Dave Thomas. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's pretend that I'm a professional and that was me throwing you a question that I knew you would know the answer to. <laughs> but yeah, Dave Thomas, renowned actor, comedian, everyone, you know who Dave Thomas is, right? I'm sure, I'm certain you would. Hmm. Yeah, of course. And he just plays the role so great. It's like a, it's like a straight down the line. I, I, Rex Banner's a hard one to work out. He's like, he's straight down the line. And he's, he sort of gets shit done, but it's also very easily foiled. Yeah, that's that's very true. It's one of those classic Simpsons characters that thinks he's a lot smarter than he actually is, mm. which is the best type of... If you're trying to satirize authority, I think it's the best type of way to be able to, to do that, to have someone that thinks they're a genius, but actually isn't. And I, as I say that, I'm painfully aware of the fact that, yeah, two minutes ago, I just pretended to know who Dave Thomas was. <laughs> what, you, what, you didn't know who Dave Thomas is? No. Off the top of my head, I got no idea. What's he done? He got his first big break on that show. Remember, if you know SCTV, the, the uh, Canadian yeah, yeah, yep. skit show? Yes, that's where he came yep. from. Actually, now, I read, a, I read a review on this episode. So, apparently, uh, SCTV was a big inspiration for The Simpsons, Matt Groening and The Simpsons. He, they had a show called uh, a place called Mellonville mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. That's where their TV station was based. And that's where his idea for Springfield came from. Yeah, okay. From SCTV. So Dave Thomas here, apparently the character he's playing in Rex Banner, although it's like the uh, the Untouchables, it's also a reflection on characters that were played on SCTV. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. I got to be honest, as I read through Dave's filmography on Wikipedia, I don't think I'm going to be alone in not knowing him by name. I certainly, once I saw the face, I was like, oh, it's that guy. But by the same token, there's a lot of middle of the road movies here with a couple very good ones. So he was in Stripes, he was in, I don't know if we want to call this very good, but he was in... Oh, it just disappeared from my page. What was he in? The Rat Race. He was in Rat Race. Yeah, I was going to say, well, that's what I mostly knew him from when I was a yeah. kid was Rat Race. And I just, I remember looking him up because I was like, I know that guy. And it was Dave Thomas at the time. So I've always known Dave Thomas is the guy from Rat Race. Yeah. But I just assumed that he'd been in a lot of other stuff because well, he does, know, I've, I've, seen, I've seen him in everything. <laughs> he does. Um, His Rex, Rex Banner voice then is very different to what I'm thinking of as his actual voice, which is nice. It's good when a guest actor comes in and sort of gets into the character. Well, he's the voice was apparently based on the narrator from The Untouchables. The TV show The Untouchables? Yeah. Yeah, right. See, that was an interesting... Because as a kid, like for me, The Untouchables, the TV show, I never saw. I only know it via the the movie. And in that, Kevin Costner is pretty much just sounding like Kevin Costner does in every other movie. So, it was yeah. fun to have that voice done. But it actually reminded me more of the Bugs Bunny take on it where Bugs played the character Elegant Mess and that whole speakeasy Chicago's just I, I really enjoyed that not just Rex's voice but I really enjoy the news the news voice in this I'm wearing a new hat yeah yeah exactly right that's <laughs> like a classic 50s news reporter and today in yeah. the news yeah yeah exactly war approaches yes <laughs> I also like the banner's design it was more sort of straight edge. He didn't look cartoonish like the other characters, which made him stand out as well. I don't think I don't think a character with that sort of personality would have suited the bug-eyed Simpsons design. Yeah, that's very true. That it, and I think also that it, it does just draw him with more authority because it just makes him look more straight back and sides. That 
you're like, oh, yeah, like this this guy looks like he's about to get shit done. Like, yeah. Yeah. How amazing was his old-fashioned slang, though? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your favorite part of it? Actually, one of the one of the questions that uh, we got for like a, a Patreon kind of episode-specific mailbag was what was your favorite Rex Barron bit of dialogue? Rex Banner. No, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Rex Banner. <laughs> um, I, well, I can't remember what animals it was, but when he goes, but they grow up. Sure. Um, alligators and turtles, I think it yes, was. Yes, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Similar. Good idea at the time. Yeah. But they grow up. But they grow up. <laughs> um, Jamie Gamel was the person who had written in with that question. Okay. Just um, a bit of life advice for the people in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I just love to Barney. Listen, Rummy, I'm going to say it plain and simple. Where'd you pinch the hooch? Is some blind tiger jerking suds on the side? Barney's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> It's one of those situations where an adult is yelling at you when you're a kid yeah. and you're not sure what to say. Yeah, exactly. And the other one that I absolutely love, and it's not like it's old-timey language, but just, hey, Banner, how's it hanging? None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually one of the other things I loved about this episode was just how good Homer was at his job and almost the smugness of him. He knew how good he was. <laughs> it's almost like he just he he wanted to be caught. Like he's just he walked straight past Banner with all of the ingredients. With all making, the ingredients, yeah. <laughs> like not bothered at all. Hey, Banner, how's it hanging? <laughs> but that, that's that's another saying I thought was purely Australian. It's weird hearing an American cartoon say that. How's it hanging? That's very true. Oh, actually, no, because in Liar Liar, don't they do that? When when he's first kind of told uh cursed with having to tell the truth someone says yeah, what's his name in that is it shem it's like anyway it's hey how's it hanging short shriveled and always to the left that's right yes he does too yeah, yeah. Uh, see yeah. a lot of people shit on jim carrey but liar liar is a good movie man i laugh every time i watch it nobody should ever shit on jim carrey he's produced probably two of the top five comedies of all time within a year of each other and then you can throw the um you can as you can throw liar liar in there you can Truman like, show the Truman Show, like his his 90s were as good as anybody. And then he was able to mix it with a couple um, a couple dramatic roles in there, like The Truman Show, The the Majestic as well. It's another really good one of his. Um, he, was the, he was the best comedian actor of the 90s. Let's say it, right? Sure. Uh, give, me, give me a more successful comedi- comedian actor Robin, of the 90s. Robin Williams. Yeah, he's more beloved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Rob, Rob, Robin Williams is more timeless. You're right. Yeah. He is more timeless. He's certainly more timeless and probably more versatile. And Jim is a bit of a dick off screen. We forgot the mask as well. No, well, that was when I said two of the best. So the mask and Dumb and Dumber. Oh, so you're leaving at Ace Ventura. Oh, Ace Ventura. There you go. You can have and that the, as well. And the cable guy's <laughs> not that great, but people seem to like it. I want to go back and watch the cable guy. Same. Like, it, yeah. It's been, a, it's been a really, really long time. And I feel like. Particularly because I'm more of a movie nerd now than I was when I first saw that movie, that I would pick up on a lot more of the references. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, mm. I bought it on Blu-ray about I don't know two months ago for that same reason. I'm like, I'm going to give this some love because all my you were the me- one. Yes, <laughs> there's still three there if you want to buy it. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I'm sure I can get all three for the price of one if I pushed hard enough. Now, also, I like this episode. What I liked about this episode was uh, Marge's support. It's not very often mm. she supports Homer's, uh, you know, schemes. Particularly so, an illegal one. Yeah, but he's just so good at this. She's just like, that's very clever. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved, like, my favorite part about what the episode did really well was just the way they mixed in the 1930s feel of Chicago. Um, like, the speakeasy music being played, not just at Moe's, but, like, during the chase scene through the cemetery and that sort of thing. 
The music um, the, at Mo's pet shop. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that was where it felt like it was actually part of the scene. But when they incorporated it as soundtrack as, as well score. as yeah, score yeah, was, yeah. it was just very cool. And the the news the news narrator, as we were talking about, um, it, it, like that whole thing just perfectly blended that line of it's still Springfield, but it's through a different lens. Uh, and yeah, that's very cool. What I didn't like, there's only one thing, it was a bit of the continuity was a bit of a jumble. And I'll get to the moments when they come up, but there's a few things here where I'm just like, wait, how does that happen when this is... It's, I'll explain it when I get to it, but it's... Okay. A bit of the episode makes absolutely no sense. There's one scene in particular that completely just throws realism out of the window. Hmm. Okay. So, my favorite moment from the episode, I've got two. So, it's the, uh, what are you looking at? But then Brockman's, the innocent words of a drunken child. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a very funny... Um, back and outs from Ken and the Lisa trying to st- say something go to your room Lisa <laughs> okay look I had two as well uh, but fortunately two very different ones which is good so the after Brockman's news report Bart getting off the couch going down to Moe's for a couple of beers <laughs> Homer's going to join him <laughs> yeah it's just that thing of, I've got the taste for it now and the other was the montage of like everyone reading the newspaper. So Homer on the ground and that great camera book, camera pan twisting away from him, Barney and Mo on the ground and then Hibbert chuckling. And you, and like, that's kind of, you think where that scene's going to go is he's going to read the front page and then react to it. But no, Bernice just on the ground. It's <laughs> a pretty good reveal. Chair isn't it? flipped backwards. Yes. <laughs> so funny. That was a joke that I'd, I mean, I'd completely forgotten about that being the punchline to that joke, so I really, really laughed hard. Now, my new name for the episode got stolen by one kind of Mugford. I originally had the Undrinkables, which I was pretty, ah, yeah. I was pretty disappointed that he took it, but that was a well done, Kynan. <laughs> so I just went for a, a, a shitter one, which is just Homer the Untouchable. Okay, well, that'll work. Uh, Sean Hogan comes in what's, with... What's I think your new name of, first? Oh, so you want mine first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I had two. I had We're Here, We're Queer, We Don't Want Any More Beers. Mm-hmm. And the best little pet shop in Springfield. Cool. So, what do we got here? Yeah, Sean Hogan uh, came up with Bowling for Cognac, which I, I think is a yep. uh, pretty, pretty good. This is from uh, the Patreon group, by the way, if you're unsure. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, exclusive to all Patreon subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, timely as well for that one, given that Michael Moore just recently released a new documentary, uh, Bowling for, what was it called? I know he, he went back to bowling. Why anyway. is he always bowling for things? I don't know. <laughs> I never understood what the bowling aspect of it was. I'm sure there's but a anyway. reason. <laughs> hmm. uh, Nick Barbaro with Rex Banner in the case of the new hat. Uh, Beth Ainslow with Drinking Banner. Yeah. That's in Drinking Ban. Added on. Banner. Yep. And Kristen Nell, the Yellow Baron. I do think the Undrinkables is the best one. Uh, yeah. I th- oh Well, it's that and Bowling for Cognac for me. Yeah, Those two are side yeah, by side. Yeah, yeah. Right, now it's time for some trivia. You kick things off, Mitch. I will. Uh, I have three questions for you. A fan of which sport climbed into Kent Brockman's booth at the St. Patrick's Day Parade? It's a denigrating women's sport, right? No. No, it's just a sport. Oh. Um, I thought it was bikini football or something. I don't know if that happens elsewhere, but no, there's a Red Sox fan in there. Baseball. Oh, no, I'm thinking of a different scene. Different. He's like, hey, where's oh, okay. it? Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It's early when they all start climbing up the yeah, tower. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of a like, different episode yeah. altogether. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> it's like, hey, where's the party? Uh, what year was Springfield's prohibition first enforced? 1798? 97, nearly. Mm, damn. <laughs> um, what? No, who? <laughs> um, who had puppies? Daisy. 
Yes, it was Daisy Rodham. Uh, how many gutter balls had Homer bowled? First time we see him revealing the scheme. So mm. Bart goes, ooh, another gutter ball. How many had he bowled? Can I ask a question? Yes. Were all of the people on the scorecard Homer? Uh, yeah, I'm assuming so anyway, yeah. 25. 24. Oh, damn. But I'm actually realizing I may have got that wrong. Well, because he would have had to have bowled two in the 10th frame. Was, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, wait, actually, he would have had to bowl two in every frame. So, yeah, but, but I think Bart, Bart only drew zero, though. So I didn't, I didn't take yeah. it into account. So let's, let's have a look. All right. Another gutter ball into, into Frankiak. Frankiak. Because, well, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, I was trying to picture how many circles I had seen, and then I knew that they were in the third game and about halfway through, hence guessing 25. Okay, but- so, so I'm looking at it, and it's just no. So it's, I understand why I fucked it up. So it's just got one through the 10, and it's just drawn a zero, and in 10, it's just one zero. Yeah, okay. So realistically, it should have been 40, should have been 50. Ah, uh, sorry, it should have been... 52. No, like, um, two, you, you, you'd bowl two in the last one, wouldn't you? 48. 48. You'd bowl two in the last. So it's 20 in the first two games, and then he's four frames through the, th- the third... 48 gutter balls. Yes. A lot of gutter balls. But one thing I noticed though, right, is that there's only one beer per ball. And then Homer's like, Moe's up his order from 20 to 20 balls tonight. And it's like, really? Only 20 drinks? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Maybe some of them are spirits. Oh, no, he hasn't got spirits yet. This is just filling it in from the tip, isn't yeah. it? Hmm. Um, but I guess when you're trying to run a speakeasy on the side, you've got a, a by, by Moe... Keeping supply low, he's able to charge his forty-five bucks. If Mo starts asking for too many, then he's got to bring the prices down. Damn it! That was my ne- that was my next question. Basic economics. <laughs> how much is Homer's bowling beer? <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, forty-five bucks—the best beer you'll ever taste. And how long did it take for people to get drunk again after the removal of Rex Banner? Well, it was five minutes later. It was. Yeah, what? I love that. How long will it take? Now I'm out of this. Four minutes. And then five minute minutes later, later <laughs> everyone has a drink in their hand. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Now, did you know that line? The two alcohol line, the classic one, yep. was apparently going to end the second act, but they moved it to the end. Yeah. I'm not sure how they would have... The second act actually ended with Homer doing the won't back and forth with, with Rex yeah, right. from the I distance. I wonder if it would have become as iconic if it had been lost in the middle of the... Like, as much as it's an end of an act, by having it at the end of an episode, because it's a fairly often quoted line from Homer. I wonder if that helped it stand out, stand the test of time. Now, do you know, as a kid... I did not know that line existed because I, when you're a kid, you tape The Simpsons on TV and that's that's your source for that episode. So when I taped this episode, uh, there was a couple of moments that were actually cut out, which I'll get to when they when they come up in the episode, but that ending was cut off. It, it just went to a commercial break before it's Homer said anything because it was like two episodes back to back. So they went to the, um, the fade out as the voiceover guy, the narrator, finished speaking. Hmm. So I never, it wasn't until I bought the DVDs that I was like, oh, so that's where that quote, like, because you see that quote on so much merch. I'm always like, where the fuck does he say that? And then I bought the DVDs and watched it. I was like, oh, finally. So it's there. Because when I was a kid, I was only ever watching the tape that I taped off TV. So I never actually saw it. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Someone actually emailed us. Uh, I haven't got the inbox in front of me, but they'd emailed us about that bomb that went off in the St. Patrick's Day parade. Oh, that's pretty bad that they did that here. In what way? So there was a bomb that went off in a fish and chip shop. In Ireland, or in the UK, it was in Ireland, four years before this happened, it was like a world-known event that this IRA bomb went off prematurely and, yeah, right. killed, and killed like five people or something in a fish and chip shop. And then they have a fish and chip shop blow up in the St. Patrick's Parade. I was like, are you serious? Yeah, and that is the bit that they'd cut out of this. You still have the explosion, but they um, have cut out the references to what it actually was. Yeah. And 
I think there was also a very Irish person sort of seen running from the scene in the original take. Oh, and, wow. And yeah, like that's, uh, I mean... They can deny that it was a reference, but no, that was a blatant reference to uh, that bombing. And yeah, you, blat- that's, that's terrible. What, 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 I cannot understand why they would do that. Yeah, I may, it's just obviously one of those things that it's on the other side of the world and it was four years ago and it's a it's a misstep, like 100%. It's badly misjudged and really... um really awful and correctly removed from the episode. Yeah, definitely. One final bit of trivia, Dando, from me before we kick into the episode. Did you spot the... uh, I mean, there were probably a few movie references that I didn't immediately recognize, but did you spot the painting reference in this uh, particular episode? Painting reference. Mm. Give me a hint. It's when Banner... It's, it's oh, Nighthawk. Nighthawk, yeah. Uh, or Nighthawks, Hawks, I think it's yeah. actually called. Yeah. yeah, very famous painting and very beautiful painting. I really, really love that. But it's it's recreated very well. And I, I don't know how that inspiration came about. I'd love to think it's just because he had a trench coat and a hat. It's <laughs> like, just be perfect. <laughs> but I think it's just, you know, what, what, Nighthawks were sort of set... That's a really old painting, right? It could have been sort of set around the time this episode sort of based around that kind I of... Think I think it would have been close. Like it, it, it would have felt like nineteen twenties, thirties thereabouts. But whenever I see that picture, I always think of my nan. She has that, but it's old old rock legends in the bar. Ah, uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, like a parody version of it. Yeah. Alrighty. So the original air date was March sixteenth, nineteen ninety seven. There was no chalkboard gag, but the couch gag was the family are depicted as cowboys, and the couch is sort of like I guess you could say their horse. They jump on the mm-hmm. couch and it gallops away into the distance into the desert. How does the episode kick off, Mitch? Uh, it kicks off with Bart sort of thinking that Lisa has made a mistake. As the two kids walking up into school, just give it that, you sure look stupid in that green dress, Lisa. Now, I, I like her, it's not even smug, it's just this, ah, yep, you have no idea what's in store for you. It's like, <laughs> that's funny, I don't feel stupid. <laughs> and well, it, it reminded me of when I walked into the party I discussed last week, dressed as something when I shouldn't yep. have been. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, I've got to say that some of these kids in the school, I thought, had a pretty loose interpretation of green. There was a lot of teal and borderline blues that I saw. And I don't know what Milhouse was wearing, but he definitely wasn't in green. But I guess from an animated point of view, they couldn't have everyone the same color because they'd all blend into one. Yeah. Sort of a way of breaking the characters, one from the other. Yeah. I've got here, I'm going to send this Frinkiac link to you. Yeah. And you tell me what color you think this is. It's like one of those, uh, you know, is the dress gold or blue? Is it you going to Facebook messenger me? Yeah, yeah, I've just shot it through. On I'm just the first. The first message I said was from Nicola. Hey, babe, please don't delete the border control show. I haven't finished watching it yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Mitch, alrighty. So I'm clicking on the link. So, oh yeah, that's like white almost. Yeah, exactly. So what's what's Milhouse doing getting in on the pinching? Is that Milhouse's arm though? But he was he was encouraging it at least, wasn't he? Milhouse is a sheep though. He'll do what people other people are doing. Yeah, that's true. He's a loyal friend until it's cool to do something else. <laughs> yeah, but I was what I was about to say though is what ten year old isn't. That's true. Yeah, like it, it's like if you it's like a game of stacks on. Once someone calls stacks on, it doesn't matter if you're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you realize you got the second or third one from the bottom. You're like, oh, this was a terrible idea. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then you see the the the, the big guy walking towards, and you're like, oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, here, here comes old Buddha, 89 kilo, Brendan Dando. <laughs> yes. Exactly right. Man, did you know I was a really fat kid? I was I was really fat. I probably was 89 kilos in primary school. <laughs> I was just imagining Dando and Stacks on. What happened to everybody? They're gone. 
<laughs> I'm not far off it, I'm telling you. I was got here, St. Patrick's Day, it's quite popular in Australia, right? I've never really celebrated it too much. It's just an excuse for people to drink, but it's No, well it's always a work day and we don't have it as a public holiday. Yeah. I'm not sure if where where it does. So for me it's just that thing of yeah, like I understand that people are going to be taking the day off and getting drunk, but I've never bothered taking that day off. I remember when we were in New York, there was some Irish bar, it was Murphy's or something along those lines. Mm. And the slogan was, it's always St. Patrick's Day. And it was raucous in there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it was like two in the afternoon. It was just like Moe's Pet Shop. It was just how going much, off. Just as an aside, how much better does New York do bars than Australia? New York does most things better than Australia. <laughs> yeah, most, but proper bars. It's just... Where everyone know, knows your name. They've just got such a better vibe there. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to find a bar where you can walk in and feel like you can just approach somebody and just become mm. best mates in Australia. Or the other thing that they don't do often in Australia is just the dimly lit bar where you can walk in and it'll be quiet and you just order a scotch and sit in the side of the room and just be like, just shut up and think about how miserable your life is for 90 minutes. Somewhere where Mike from Breaking Bad will hang out. Yeah, but somewhere where Mike would take you before you have to go home to your wife and kids. The only sound you hear is someone trying to get the jukebox working and the sound of the balls getting broken mm-hmm. on the uh, pool table. Yep, and maybe just like the of the bartender cleaning a glass with a towel. Let's open up a depressing bar. Let's do it. Oh, It's one of my dreams, honestly, <laughs> to, to be a bartender in a bar like that would be... Oh, God. What a life. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's one in Geelong. What about the Dela Ville? Remember that one? I think it's called the Black Hat now. Hmm. No, so this is my problem. I, I'm not very contemporary with bars. In I had a friend that used to live upstairs there and there was a psycho guy that used to throw dumbbells at the window onto the roof downstairs. Jesus. It was, it was an, it's an intense bar, man. Little Myers Street. Okay. That's Look pretty full on. Black Hat Geelong. <laughs> we'll go there sometime. <laughs> Done. I'll, I'll bring the dumbbells. So the bar flies there waiting for Mo to open. It's been St. Patrick's Day for hours, and I'm still not drunk yet. Oh, it's never going to be nine o'clock. Oh, Mo, thank God you're here. We'd like to come in and drink, please. We kicked down the back door, but then it was a metal door. Yeah, all right, listen up. This is the busiest drinking day of the year. Where are the designated drivers? Beat it. I got no room for cheapskates. We have Brockman hosting the parade broadcast I wish Australia had one of these. Like, Australia does parades, but we don't make it a, a broadcast like this. You know, like the Thanksgiving Day mm. Parade. Grand final parade. Does that get broadcast on TV? Uh, it's probably on Foxtel. Yeah, I guess. But it's not, it's not, a, it's, it's not a national big deal. Like, you don't have giant balloons and shit. It's uh, not something you can sit down yeah. and have a beer and watch. You know but what I mean? Just we don't really background. have national parades either, though. No, we don't. We should. Like, what, what, uh, could, what, what, what could we celebrate to have a parade for, though? Us. Oh, well, you and I? Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd be in for that. Yeah. And it's me in the bottom corner. The rest is just you, just in a very fucking I am Mitch pose. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's hard for me to imagine anything else more worthy, to be honest. So that's as far as this conversation is going to go. Then we get the, except the gays and the Italians. Now, we've discussed this in the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode, that gays were not allowed to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, mm. which was astonishing to me. Uh, yeah. And what about the Italians? I'm What's- not too sure. I, could, I didn't, oh, I honestly didn't do any research on it, but... Whether it's a, I don't know, a racial thing? Like, are they not allowed to? Or they just, is there a sort of a, a reason why they wouldn't want to celebrate? I'm not too sure. I feel like the church would have to be involved. Oh, of course, yeah. Do the Italians celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Every year on the Saturday nearest March 19th, a parade of meals steeped in Italian-American traditions honour the feast day of St. Joseph, the patron saint of Sicily. 
So, so I guess they just choose to one or the other. Okay. celebrate St. Joseph instead of St. Patrick. Fair enough. We then get the Irish cops. Now, this is where I have issues with the, the continuity. So, this is all happening on St. Patrick's Day, the same day, right? Uh, yes. Why is Bart now at the parade? Why are all the kids now at the parade? After school? But it, it's just gone from one scene to the next. Yeah, but, I mean, movie magic, Dando. Like, the, the time can pass. And pretty pr- pretty drunk at this point. So, clearly, some time has has gone by. Yeah. But anyway, l- l- later on, this is the other point. So, that we're watching Bart live on TV. Live drunk shout out, boy, right? Shout out, sorry, to Elliot, who listeners may be able to hear screaming in the background at oh, the moment. Mate, it's not good. I'm probably going to pull the pin soon, but... He um so they're watching Bart live on TV. He says live drunken boy, right? Says to uh he says, What are you looking at? So Brockman's Jeez, it sounds like hostel over there. Oh mate, it's not good. Um he's I don't know what's going on with his belly. It's he's just crying and it's really hard to try and pretend like it's not happening. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll stop pointing it out. Would you like me to make some soothing white noise for you? <laughs> Where's the chicken sound? <laughs> it's seagull, isn't it? Yeah, ah, seagull. Ah. yeah, yeah. Arrow matey. But uh, so then it cuts to now. Brockman's suddenly in the studio. He was just hosting the parade. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Well, he did get kicked out of the. Oh no, that's th- that's the next day. Clearly, Bart's not drunk anymore. It's just a cut. That's fine. But the how how is it a cut when? So, Bart, they're watching Bart live on TV. It says live drunken oh, boy. And hang then it, on. And it pans out to Brockman's responding to that. Okay, so presumably they're just playing the same footage the following day. So, Homer watches it live. Cut to Brockman having just replayed the same footage the following day. And now the family's back at, the, back at home. I was going to say, because otherwise it makes absolutely no sense. Hmm. Yeah. No, that, that... Yes, I see where you're coming from, but I that would be my take on it. Obviously... Okay. It's a waste of time for them to show us the clip twice, but that would be what it is, and that's how news works. They get their live footage, and then they milk it for the next three days. But it says live, still says live when Brockman's talking about it. Uh, yeah, but they've already stamped that watermark. Oh, okay. It's stamped, is it? So that footage yeah. will always have live there, will it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so back at the press, we've got the Irish cops and... Now, the novelist fighting, is there a, is there a gag here? Uh, novelist in Ireland very aggressive or something? <laughs> I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to go and just introduce myself to one of them just in case. <laughs> or if I do, I certainly won't tell them that I too am a writer. Then we, uh, we get the fish and chip shop blowing out that we said, which is the Shank Hill robot. I mean, they killed 10 people, by the way, which is, um, yeah, just weird that they would have actually have this in the episode but then we get the riot breaking out as a result now the footage here of the riot was actually footage used from lisa on ice they just changed the people's clothing to green oh really yeah that is Those rehashed sneaky the same footage. sons of bitches they sure did yeah hang on i think they have to have changed the background as well because there's yeah buildings. so it's just the actual yeah so it's just the footage of the people the, the people yeah, fighting just yeah they overlaid they yeah. put that into it yeah so bart then gets drunk because the the duff girl shoots beer into the funnel Mm-hmm. What a way to go, by the way. Remember the first time you ever did a beer bong? I do. And yeah. well, I did it from the clothesline, though. I can't remember how. I don't know how I did it, but it was like hanging from the clothesline. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever play that? It was like clothesline beer bong or something? I don't know how to fucking do it, but I just uh, remember it yeah. destroyed yeah. me. <laughs> Let's um, We'll park this conversation for a bit later on because some of the emails that have come in uh, involve oh. around our own trunk and escapades. <laughs> 
This party's just getting started! It's a little bit awkward, though, when Kurt rips his shirt off. I love that he's just got a big Flavor Flav medallion yeah. under it, though. <laughs> I, know, I don't know, it's just... It's weird seeing... I don't know, it's just weird seeing Kurt. It's just weird that anyone's just ripping off their clothes. It just felt mm. seedy. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it did, but... In the best way possible. Yes, Kirk was the best person to have it done to. And then he just gets shut down immediately by the old woman who points out that Bart is drunk. I think Nancy had a good job of playing drunk child here. The yeah, burpee and everything, yeah. you know? I've heard a lot of actors don't like playing drunk. A lot of them aren't very good at it. That is true, yeah. They just, I don't know, they, they all play it the same way. But this yeah. felt believable. Yeah. It, it did feel pretty believable, particularly... I mean, obviously, he's played as an older drunk, just having a problem with anyone. Try to think of who has done some really good drunk acting. Ben Mendelsohn is a very good drunk yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, who else? Oh, I'll tell you. Um, Tom Cruise in Jerry Maguire does some pretty good drunk acting with the kid uh, when they're when they're on the couch. Um, oh yes, I know. Talking about yeah. going to the zoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. The zoo is fucking closed. Right. <laughs> But anyway, so then we, we get the scene where, where you mentioned it's your favourite moment, where they're watching it on the TV, Brockman's broadcast the family, and Bart says he's going to go have a beer. Yeah, I just love the confidence with which he gets up off the couch and just how quickly he's gone, all right, well, this is life. This is what I'm doing now. Well, it's like that when you're a kid. Once, you, once you're allowed to drink beer, it's sort of like, and you have your first one, you're like, well, I handled that pretty, I handled that okay. I want another one. You're like, yeah, it's just a normal thing now. I'll, I'll go have a beer. That's what you do. I handled that sip fine. Yes. <laughs> I got halfway through that bottle and I didn't pass out. <laughs> what listeners don't realise is that he's referring to Uzo. <laughs> Do you know I've never had it? Really? No, neither have I actually. Anyway, but uh, so Brockman's saying that they need to bring back Prohibition. I thought this was kind of odd to have Brockman be the one saying this. He seems to me like he would be much like Krusty, like he would be a... a not an alcoholic, but he would like an alcoholic beverage from time to time. I think Brockman would, but like Brockman the man would, but Brockman the reporter, Brockman the newsman needs to take a controversial opinion on something for, for you know, for viewership more than anything. And it's just that getting swept up in the moral, ortho- like the moral high ground. But that's where you bring back that Scott guy with the black hair, you know, the other old reporter? Uh, yeah, but then Harry doesn't get to deliver the line. Yeah, true, but still, I don't know. That that guy was always the uh, the fall guy for the more serious stuff. I thought maybe they could have got back the mm, yes, I would Kent guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Do you think it's time to bring back prohibition and perhaps revert to drinking the blood from animals? Mm, yes, I would Kent. He should have been a more of a recurring character. That would have been a gag I could have got behind. Oh, how many times could it have been used? I reckon six. Once a season. Once a season. Yeah, once a season. Just come up with something. Like, you'd be waiting for when's the Yes, I Would Kent guy going yeah. to come in. <laughs> uh, we should tell them to, to have him in the in the movie, in the next movie. We should tell them. Okay. I'll yes. Just, just, I'll just tweet, tweet Al. He'll respond. Uh, but Mar- Marge also mentions here that she's titled looking like the, the world's worst mother. Kind of understandable because the, the Bart and Homer have put her in a pretty shit position here. Yeah, they have. It, it's funny how you were talking about loving how much Marge... It goes along with Homer's scheme here, but she does start from her usual point of just being embarrassed by what's happened. Yeah. As any parent should, not just mother, any parent. If their child was caught drunk, their 10-year-old child, you should be embarrassed. Well, oh, I mean, It's not your fault, but, you know, people people think, people judge. In the circumstances, it's not even Bart's fault, though. I, th- I feel like that bears 
remembering that he didn't um, deliberately go out and drink. It's not his fault that he got drunk, but then he's now going to go out and have another drink. And that's why she's like, no, 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 you can't nah, do that. Okay. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. Then we have Homer. It's a good cutaway. So he's saying, I think it's the last you're going to hear of Prohibition. Cut to yep. the women protesting for Prohibition. What are we, we going to name? We want Prohibition. Yeah. What are we going to name this gang? Uh, the Gabble. The Gabble. <laughs> the Gabble of what, though? Um, Prudes? Prudes. Uh, the Gabble of Naysayers. Yeah, that'll do. It's much nicer than Prudes Naysayers. It is a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But they're, pro- they're protesting, saying that they want Prohibition. And Quimby and Wiggum... Two of the biggest uh, law enforcers in the town are pro-alcoholism. Like, yep. alcohol's great. Well, yeah, alcohol is great. I'm still drinking red uh, as we speak, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Have you finished that one bottle yet? Uh, did the listeners know that we took a break in recording? Oh, yeah, actually, we didn't tell the listeners, did we? So, what, so <laughs> because, we had another break. Because I, if I said yes to that, they're going to go, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we won't tell them where the break was. We'll see if they can okay. try and guess. Okay, uh, I'm on my last glass of that bottle, for the record. Okay, I've got, I've got a bombshell to drop at the end of this podcast too, by the way. Oh. Not even you know about this. I'm okay. Ra- I'm, I'm rather proud of it. But anyway, so we'll get to that later on. Then we have, I've, I've just got old parchment guy. Wait a minute, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 wait, looky here. <sighs> Seems there's been a prohibition law on the books in Springfield for 200 years. It's just never been enforced. Well, Get out of here, old clerk guy. There's also a law requiring ducks to wear long pants. Wait a minute, let me see that. Well, I'll be darned. Long pants. Read the other one, the non-duck one. And spirituous beverages are hereby prohibited under penalty of catapult. Then we get the moment you mentioned earlier, the amazing cutaway of everyone reading the newspaper. The, the sound as well, the da-da-da-da every time. Yeah. It's just so great. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see this? Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> we come back and they're just getting rid of all the alcohol at the dump. Mm. We get the Duff CEO moment. Oh, uh, the Duff so guy. This is one of my all-time favorite, like for a character that's only been in the show for 10 seconds, one of the all-time great exit lines of just, well, that's the end of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just accepts it. Yeah. It's but, so quick to happen. I feel like that's a quote that should be used more often in real life. Well, that's the end of me. Yeah. Um, like you, you, in you, what you, context? You, uh, you, you... Your girlfriend catches you catches text from another woman on your phone. Right. Well, well, well that's, that's the end, the of, end me. of me. <laughs> yeah. After after the election results on the weekend, and not not taking sides, not getting political, but an yeah. absolute landslide in our state election. Yeah. That would have been nice. Just well, that's the end of me. Yeah. <laughs> the best part about it too was thirty minutes later. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> then. 0.75 days into Prohibition and Homer's just walking on the street. This street here didn't quite look like the normal street that Moses is on. Don't you think the buildings look too high across the road and whatnot? It felt very sort of, it felt very city-like. It did. Um, maybe that's an inkling of them starting to get into the Chicago vibe that they needed it to be a bit True. more big city for this yep. story to work. Yep, cool. Um, I did like the uh, score at this point. He's just sort of walking along and now there's a guy who walks past Homer and he tips his hat. Someone goes past. Mm. That's apparently an old background character that used to get used quite often. They just, they just thought they'd bring him back for this one episode for whatever reason. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so, Moe's, he walks into Moe's and it's now a pet shop. <laughs> that yep. was a scary couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. I love, like, you're finally back in business and absolutely flying. Better than he's ever been. And yeah. 
the the fact that that's all transpired in two hours is a very very funny joke. That, that's the one thing about this episode is you don't see many other places. You see them in a couple of episodes, other places where they can drink alcohol in Springfield, right? Mo's seems to yep. be the main bar. Why was Mo well, so pumping here? And then as soon as alcohol's not got prohibition anymore, he's not pumping anymore. Why would they not keep going back to Mo's? They all look like they were having an amazing time. Why would you not want to do that every Friday night? Because it's still a dive bar at the end of the day, I guess. And these are guys that, like, Mo seems to be the main bar in normal episodes because that's where Homer goes and he's our main character. But Mr. Burns is not going to come slum it down at Mo's unless he's absolutely required to. I guess there is the lesbian bar without a fire exit. Yeah, th- there's um, oh the other bars that he goes to in that episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I'll kill all you. <laughs> oh, slow down, Nomi. <laughs> Save that for karaoke. <laughs> the suppliers of the illegal booze, gangsters, running truckloads of smuggled hooch all the way from Shelbyville. And John Law was helpless. You didn't see nothing. <laughs> I don't know why people are always bad-mouthing the mafia. Like, they're still smuggling alcohol into Moe's to begin with before Rex Banner comes in. So, um, that's why, was it, as they as the narrator so helpfully puts it, and John Law was helpless. Yes. <laughs> but, like, uh, this is what I like about this episode, too, is that Lou and Eddie, right, they're working for Rex Banner, but I like to think in the back of their minds they know what's going on and they're not saying anything because oh, they've got, they got loyalty to uh, Wiggum. Yeah. Well, there's that one scene in the, uh, in the pet shop where everyone raises their beer. Yeah. They're looking straight at him when that happens. Yeah, they're in full view of that. Yeah. Um they they couldn't care less. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's also great, we're getting back to Moe's here, that I just love how everyone's just hanging out. It's like the entire town just all having an amazing time. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, uh, and again, it's the sort of bar that I would love to be in. Actually, you know, like if I was to rank my favorite fictional bars, or if I was to think of them in general, this reminds me of the swingers kind of speakeasy from the end of the movie Swingers. Um, where there's a lot of like sort of jazz swing music getting played. There's a lot of people dancing. The place is packed, and it's just everyone's having a good time. Now, there's a one, there's one guy in that bar. You may know who I'm talking about. You're on Frinkyak at the moment, right? Uh, uh, yep. he's, just, he, he's sitting at the bar. He's got a bald head, or he's got hair around the side, kind of like uh, Dick Solomon, uh, John okay. Lithgow. He's got hair like that, and he's just sitting at the bar, looking off into the distance. I want you to tell me, look into his eyes, and tell me what is he thinking at that moment. Oh, um. Hold on two seconds. I'm trying to find him specifically. Is this before or after the gabble comes in? Uh, it's before, I'm pretty sure. Okay. The one annoying thing about Frankiak is because the screenshots are so regular that if you're trying to scroll yeah, yeah. through, it takes yourself some time. I'm certain it's at the moment. Oh, maybe it's back when um before Homer watches it on TV. Uh, green green jumper? Or oh, hang on. Biggish dude. Oh, bo- sorry. Yeah, bald guy. I'm with you. I've got him here. Yeah. Um, Never seen him before, but he was just front and center on the screen. I was like, he looks like he could be somebody. Like, what is he thinking, this guy? All right. So, for for listeners that are maybe want to try this for themselves, it's at the seven minute twelve second mark on Frankiak. I reckon he actually. You know the noticeable thing about that screenshot now that I look at it is all of those beers are empty. Oh, let me get it up. And the martinis, all of the glasses. No, no one actually has a drink in their hand. Really? And I reckon. He's got a face that says, I've just noticed that and I've been drinking an empty beer for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> anyway, so I looked at this moment and I looked at this guy and I thought, you know, it'd be a cool, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you getting characters like this guy and giving them a life, giving them a backstory. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that could take off and I don't think it's actually been done yet. No, naming them and giving them an actual backstory. Yeah. Okay. So this guy would be 
uh, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Boddington. Cliff Boddington, I, I can get behind that. He's drink is empty. You're right. Everything's empty. They obviously just forgot to animate it. But anyway, May, or yeah, well, forgot couldn't be bothered. One of the two. Anyway, so the the gavel comes in, and we get Wickham putting on the old Wickham charm. This is classic. Drunk guy thinks he's a lot more <laughs> suave and better looking than he actually is. And we have all been this before. All men. I don't think we've ever seen Wiggum with confidence, though, in his appearance, have we? Ah, uh, he's got a real swagger and strut about him. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of makes you think, I wonder if this has worked in the past. The old Wiggum charm. Because well, you w- wouldn't pull it out if it, if it didn't. I mean, he's married, so at some point it has to have. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if it's ever worked in his police work. Yeah, but then, of course, the gaggle. What do they do? They call him a pervert. Yeah, I love that he hasn't actually done anything yet, though. He's just walking towards it. Shaw! Oh, jeez, this looks bad. Better turn on the all Wiggum charm. Pervert! <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> oh, boy, that sounded bad. They then cuts to them at Quimby's office demanding that they have a better chief of police because Wiggum's mm. just not doing his job. He's not enforcing prohibition. And what happens? Yeah. Well, firstly, Quimby tries to throw him out of their office. You're just a bunch of low-income nobodies. Uh, election in November. Election in November. What? Yes. Again? Yes. This stupid country. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then we get the banner. It just cuts the... We don't actually see Quimby ask the banner. It's just he gets the telegram. So even that, like, it just shows how out of outdated and out of touch Banner is that he's getting telegrams. Yeah, and one of them is just a message from his mum. Yes. In saying that, though, like you said, it's meant to be set in sort of like the old days when telegrams yeah. were the way of communicating. So yeah, it's just, of course it, it is. fits the character, but yeah, it's just, and Daisy had puppies, just nods. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's Rexy. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then he walks into the uh, police headquarters, just kicks Wiggum out of the chair. Yep. It's pretty, it's great animation. Ow! <laughs> whoa, whoa. Ow! Hey, I was watching that, and I was sitting there. Rex Banner, I'm running this department now. Wiggum, you're out. Suspended indefinitely. Huh? Tuck in that shirt. Get those shoes shined. Take that badge out of your mouth. You're police officers. Well, what are you waiting for? Somebody to kiss you goodbye? Well, no, 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 I guess not. So then it cuts to Banner just making an immediate impact in Springfield. He will not take bribes. Now, he nearly does, though. This is this is nice. <laughs> yeah. hey, say, this is pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, would, you, would you take a bribe, do you think? Uh, if push came to shove... Again? <laughs> That's uh, any reason uh, you're doing this I show? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say, well, look, I'm never going to be in that position. So, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Now, there's a line here about heroin. That was always cut out of television. I only ever saw that when really? I watched it on Foxtel. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. It always cut It always cut away when uh, Fat Tony said, okay, you win. And that was it. And whenever I watched it, I always thought, oh, Fat Tony gave yeah. up pretty easily. Yeah, you're right now that you mentioned that. Like, uh, I do remember, as much as... I've I've watched this on DVD enough times that I've always remembered the heroin line, but I do remember that opposite version of it as well. I always just remember feeling that Fat Tony just gave up very easily. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like on the editor's version. On the of editor, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Homer's then reading the newspaper. Oh, can I just call Go? out by yeah. the way that that shooting of the barrels scene is pretty much taken straight from Brian De Palma's Untouchables. Oh, is it really? Okay, cool. Uh, we then get Homer reading the newspaper in the kitchen. 
all about the prohibition and whatnot, and Rex Banner. And then we see Wiggum just walking by outside the window. Hey, hi. Can I arrest any of you people for anything? No. Ah, jeez, I don't have anything to do anymore. With Banner around, alcohol and crime are history in this town. And so am I. Now, don't say that. Alcohol is a way of life. Alcohol is my way of life, and I aim to keep it. Sounds like you have a plan. Maybe I do, Chief. Maybe I do. Come on, boy, think of a plan. I'm trying, Dad. He's gone to shit quickly, hasn't he? Yeah, actually, it's only in a matter of days, possibly at most a week, uh, Wickham has really fallen to pieces. Hasn't got changed. Yeah, that's true. Wickham apparently doesn't have any civilian clothes. No. Or is it that he's just clinging on to being a cop? Maybe he hasn't told his wife that he's been fired. He's like the guy in The Full Monty that still gets dressed (laughs) for work every day and then just goes and pretends to dance. But then uh, Homer's like, I've got a plan. Come on, boy, think of a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Then this is one of my favourite moments as well of Brockman talking about Barney at the um, Duff plant where you just see his silhouette. (laughs) A single rose. (laughs) Yeah, just it's actually a really beautiful shot. Like Barney, outside of Barney's short film, he's never looked quite as beautiful as he does in this scene. Oh, are you there? What the hell, Dando? If you're listening to this, you somehow just became a submarine. Well, I'm back from the submarine trip. But that was fun. It wasn't yellow, which is disappointing, but anyway. Was uh, Kelsey Grammer your captain, or was it Sean Connery? I requested Kelsey, but I got Sean. I wasn't disappointed. I was like, I was disappointed, but like you know, I mean, who wouldn't yeah. want Kelsey as their as their leader? Yeah, that is one of the more enjoyable bad comedies of the nineties. Down Periscope, highly oh. recommend it. You, you say bad comedies, it's it's classic nineties comedy, really. Yeah, like you can't in any way say this is a good movie, but no, it's a fun no. movie. It's 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 a movie you can put on, switch your brain off, and just have a good time. But it's got Kelsey Grammer in it for God's sakes. Come on, yeah, exactly. But it's not just Kelsey; it's just got a great cast. Let's not get into it. We'll, we'll talk about that movie when we get to the Simpsons episode it's that takes it off. Okay, cast because Rob Schneider's also in it. It's yeah, Rob Schneider. He he just he, he drags his nineties down. Oh, not always. He's in Adam Sandler's uh, special that's on Netflix, which I highly recommend to everybody. It's yep. very very funny. It's been. Like, positive reviews from everyone. It's like, it's really, really good. Check it out. Yeah, okay, cool. So, we're talking about Barney just leaving the rose down. Yeah. <laughs> and then, comes back from that little news break, and Homer has his big idea. He just has a brainwave of, I've got it. Marge, we're going out. If we don't come back, avenge our deaths. Great line. And I love yeah. that they come back to it later. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. They go out and dig up the alcohol from the dump. Then they, they're driving away. They think they've gotten away with it. And then they see Banner in the rearview mirror. It's a good reveal because Homer's bragging about how Banner won't get him. He's like, yeah, look at him trying to shoot that gun. Yeah. yeah. That's um really, by the way, bad policing. You don't be firing a gun at a 10-year-old. Oh, you don't fire a gun in general unless they're putting other people in danger, really. Yeah. I suppose that's like the kind of 1930s gangsters and robbers uh, sorry, cops and gangsters genre that you just fire guns at everyone. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, we've got the great score here as they're doing the great car chase through the graveyard. Yeah. It was one of the first examples of the really cool kind of authentic 19... Well, I don't know if it existed in movies in the 1930s, uh, but certainly <laughs> in movies existed. about the 1930s. <laughs> Do you know The Wizard of Oz is from the 30s? I didn't realise it was so old. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Like, you know, given that in Australia we didn't get colour TV until... Oh, shit. What? The 50s. 
I don't even think it was that early. Or was it for the Olympics? Oh, wait, no. Te- I think television started in the 50s. Actually. Television started in the 50s. I don't think we got color until the 70s. So Marge is concerned. <laughs> what happened to the car? Before, before. You're living in the past, Marge. I forgot oh, that line was in this episode. <laughs> that line is very good, but what I prefer is just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> then we get... This is... Because Swartzwater wrote this episode. This is a classic Swartzwater gag. That's funny. I used to be able to go down there. <laughs> Going bowling, not back avenge stats. Why do you have so many bowling balls? Oh, oh I'm not going to lie to you, Marge. So long. How many times has he said avenge deaths between these two? I'd like to think a lot. <laughs> uh, now we get the, I'm not going to lie to you, Marge. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like this whole next five minutes is just full of one-liners that I forgot was all in this episode. And they're so great, each and every one of them. Yeah, they are. I, I mean... This was actually an episode that I think is... Uh, it's up there with the best of anything from this season. And the more I was watching it, the more that was becoming apparent. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is a bona fide classic that doesn't... I don't know if it really shows up in too many, you know, best episode lists, but it, it you know, deserves to be spoken about in the highest acclaim. I feel like the Frank Grimes episode gets spoken more highly than this, and it, it shouldn't when you think about it. No, this is way better than old Grimey. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people have a fond have fond memories of Frank Grimes, but I think we went back and did a review as a premium podcast, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it was for mm. our book or something. I'm not quite sure, but we went back and reviewed it for something. And I watched it and I was like, it's really not as good as I remembered. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's just that the, the character of Frank is not brilliant. Like, no. it's just, I mean, it's a good episode, but it's not a great episode. But no. yeah. We'll get to as it. As you said, we have already reviewed that. So Have we actually reviewed it though? Or do we think we have? No, I'm positive we have. Okay, you're positive. Pretty positive. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch's luck of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, they're at the bowling lanes, and this is where we get the big reveal of what how Homer's are uh, getting alcohol to the masses. And it is a very elaborate scheme, which I really enjoy. Like, if there's anything that I love more than a caper, or oh, sorry, as much as a caper, like this is almost caper material. It's it's that whole. I love it when the audience gets let in on an elaborate thing that no one else is really aware of in the world, bar two or three people in the sh- in the show. It's like watching the end of a uh, heist film where you find out how they how they did yeah, it. Yeah, except it's in the middle. But it's almost like a Rube Goldberg machine to deliver alcohol. It's you know you couldn't have come up with a more convoluted system. What what would have been a cool deleted scene was would be seeing how Homer actually discovered this. <laughs> Discover or build. Like, like, oh, how did this come about? Like, how did he get down there in the first place to build this? Like, now you're going all Bill Riley. Yeah, but... Bill uh, Riley. How did he get there? Yeah, but the, the thing is that they just completely ignore that. All that matters is the balls are getting to Moe's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I the, mean, the, another the, big one that I'd always thought about is that cork would throw the ball off of its roll. So, how does that work? And if you put the cork all the way in, how it, like, Moe doesn't have a corkscrew to get it out. You just blew my mind. Mm. That was ever since I was a kid. I was like... Well, the ball's no longer round. There's a big cork in it. It's got to fall out of its little tracks. Actually, you know, it just hit me why this, why I love this bit so much. It's because it reminds me of Mousetrap. Yes, it does. Re- it board- is very much like Mousetrap. The only yeah. thing is this one actually succeeds. Yeah, this is true. Now, I, I always, I, I was very meticulous with Mousetrap. I never had issues. You try and tell me every time you were able to get the guy to dive into the, into the bucket of water? Every single time Bullshit. the guy would dive Bullshit. into the bucket. I don't believe it. All Mate, right, it was- we're going to set up a Mousetrap here. And you're gonna get one. You're gonna get one chance. The game's changed over the years. No, so it we've hasn't. Got to, 
<laughs> no, it has. It's not. It's not the same anymore. But we've got to get an original design mousetrap, and I will blow your mind. All right then. I will get a 1990s mousetrap. I think I've still got mine, which doesn't surprise me or anyone else listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to see you get one chance to set it up, and you got to make sure it works. When it comes to mousetrap, I'm like an engineer. Do you reckon they should make an itchy and scratchy mousetrap? That would have been killer in the 90s, right? Uh, actually, yeah, that would have been really good. Yeah. I mean, it was never a game that got branched out into different um different licenses properties. yeah yeah licenses but it uh it absolutely could have right so getting back so homer's big scheme i did, I did here i love that the great score again great music over the top of it here you go bond that'll be 45 bucks 45 bucks well this better be the best tasting beer in the world <laughs> you got lucky then we come back and homer's bragging about all the money they're making it's really weird how they have Bart here saying so many wasted nights for two reasons. Bart was just enjoying himself. Mm. And B, they never go back to this. Yeah, that is very true. Like, why bring up Bart sad that he has to be out every night with Homer if they never actually go back to that as a, as a story plot line? But, like, literally, Bart was just saying, oh, shucks, another well, gutter ball. Like, it's, he was, not, he, he, it's not so. So, it's not so much about spending it with Homer. It's about bootlegging. The line is, you see, boy, the real money is in bootlegging, not in your childish vandalism. Oh, so many wasted nights. So, it's Bart's realising that he should have got into bigger crime earlier. Really? So, I've, yeah, okay. I can see that. I've read, so, I've read the joke wrong all these years. Mm. I've always seen it as Bart being sad that he's wasting his time. No, he's sad that he had been wasting his time. Okay. That makes much more sense. Okay. Then we get the Nighthawks parody, the exterior. looks It looks great, doesn't it? It is. It's a really beautiful, beautiful shot. Even just the the music at the time, like during during this during this scene, and just the the shadowing, everything just it just looks really really cool. Yeah, it's also really good animation on the banana kaboom. Yes, which is such a perfect thing for Rex Banner to be having. Not a happy birthday for Rex Banner. <laughs> he refers to himself in the third person as well. Yeah, I really want one of those. By the way, like I look at that and think that is one of the best looking Sundays I've ever seen. So if I make you a, a replica banana kaboom for Christmas, that'd be a good present. That'd be an excellent present. Okay. <laughs> Point noted. So then Barney's walking past. And that's the way they play it. Hello, fishies. Listen, Rummy, I'm going to say it plain and simple. Where'd you pinch the hooch? Is some blind tiger jerking suds on the side? Yes. Punches him through the glass. Badass. That's fantastic. Yeah. And bare-fisted too. Like, that's one of the all-time great movie badass moves to punch someone through glass. Yeah. I can't remember a time when it's actually happened though without any injury. Dumb and dumber. Which scene? When, oh, uh, yes, the when phone When the box. dude's on the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah true. Yeah. So that, I can't hear you. It sort of brings him in closer to the glass and then whack. Uh, also, Tom Cruise in the not amazing sequel to Jack Reacher, Jack Reacher 2, Never Go Back, punches a... I don't know if he's FBI, but he punches a detective of some kind or another enforcement uh, arm through a window by popping a salt shaker with like a little metal end in his in his fists just to break the glass on his way through. Okay. <laughs> I really actually enjoy Tom Cruise in those movies. He's very, very fucking good. And it's a side of Tom Cruise you've never really seen before. I've heard those movies. Yeah, I heard the movies themselves aren't that fantastic, but Cruise. No, yeah, the first one is way. excellent. Oh, the the first one is a solid four out of five stars. Really? Um, it's okay. A really good action movie. The second one's just a bit average. Marge then catches Homer. She realizes that he's the beer baron. Wait a minute. I forgot to make sure the coast was clear. 
Uh, it's probably clear. Let's go. I can explain, Marge. Please let me explain. Oh, why won't you let me explain? You're the one the papers have been talking about. That mysterious beer baron who's been supplying Springfield with alcohol. How have you been getting away with this? Well, and I can explain, remember? I fill the balls with beer that I found at the dump, and then I bowl them in some underground pipes, take them into Moe's. Homer, that's very clever. Huh? Mom? Well, it is. I've known your father since high school, and this is the cleverest thing he's ever done. Besides, he's only breaking a silly 200-year-old law. It is silly, Marge. And look at all the money I'm making. Ooh. Mom? Prohibition may be unpopular, but it's the law, and we still have... Go to your room, Lisa. Lisa, at this point, has almost become like the Meg <laughs> of Family Guy. <laughs> a little bit, just getting ragged on by everyone. Then we've got Banner going to Moe's. Open up, Curly. Curly? <laughs> <laughs> Open up, Curly. This is a raid. A raid? Curly? Um, all right, but, uh, I don't know what you expect to find in a uh, simple, uh, neighborhood pet shop. Pet shop, eh? Well, I just have one question. What kind of pet shop is filled with rambunctious yahoos and hot jazz music at 1 a.m.? Um... No. The best damn pet shop in town. Yeah! All right, but you people remember, baby turtles and alligators may seem like a cute idea for a pet, but they grow up. Let's go, boys. Wow! Those gears down there really hurt. Now we come back and Barney lifts up. I've got here, where did those pets go? Because when he first pulls the lever, the bar disappears and it becomes a, a pet. Um, It's got like pets in cages and what, like a rabbit mm. and a bird and stuff. But then when it's going back up, all that's gone. Um, like that, that stuff comes up in an upward motion. And then Barney comes up in an upward motion. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like they, yeah. So that one of them should be going in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't um, matter that much though. <laughs> Doesn't matter a huge amount, but now that you've pointed it out, yes, it's a flaw. Then we get one of the most iconic moments from the from the episode. You're out there somewhere, Beer Baron, and I'll find you. No, you won't. Yes, I will. As a kid, I always thought he said dough, because mm. Banner says, I will get you, and he's like, dough, but no, apparently he says won't. I've always thought that this is one of the weaker ends to enact. Yes. Ever. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a bit of a nothing thing that happens. But um, but by the same token, a lot of people do like that little little bit of back and forth. So, you know. But the, the thing about it is it kind of makes sense because the two alcohol line was supposed to be the end of the second act, like we discussed earlier. Yeah. Um, that obviously, if that was the end of the second act, it would have been happening in a very different scene or moment but yeah i think that would explain why it just ends on a bit of a it feels unfinished you know the thing about this once homer becomes a beer baron he never actually seem at moe's yeah you're 100 percent correct well he's got to stay like his job becomes purely about supply you don't actually see him enjoy a drink at all no he just is giving it to other people yeah we come back from commercial and we get the the voiceover guy that you love so much i have a new hat (laughs) Homer is telling Bart we need to increase our load because Moe's upped his order to 20 drinks a, a night. 
And Bart says, well, we can't. We're out of beer. And mm. Homer can't believe it. How can I be out of beer? I'm the beer baron. Yeah. Then Moe comes and threatens him, doesn't he? Yeah, that um, they ain't sticking around for the ambience. No. Uh, find it, buy it, make it. I don't care how you get it. Just get me more beer. It gives Homer the idea. I love this bathtub scene. I said 42. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that is really funny. Just the idea that, you know, even bathtub guys have got upsells. Yes, yeah, yeah. Marge and Lisa are a bit concerned now. Even Marge is a little bit concerned that Homer's making his own beer because that's even more illegal than before. Mm. But I love this line here too. It just sort of goes by without really getting acknowledged. <laughs> Remember, honey, we're just obeying an unjust law here. We're a patriot, like all those people in jail. Then the, the drink goes through, the first one, and it's a mint julep. Now, is it meant to be because it's mint, a mint julep has a lot of uh, bourbon in it? That's why they got the kernels there wanting it? Is that uh... the joke? I think it's more just that it's like a popular southern drink. Okay. I think like a sort of Tennessee, Missouri, I suppose. Uh, where am I trying to work Kentucky? my way down towards? Yeah, Kentucky. <laughs> Given that it's the Colonel, that <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Banner is then looking for Homer, looking for the beer baron, and he comes across Flanders. Are you the beer baron? Well, if you're talking about root beer, I plead guilt-dilly-ilty as char-dilly-arged. <laughs> He's not the Baron, but he sounds drunk. Take him in. Are you the beer Baron? Yes, but only by night. By day, I'm a mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper. Don't crack wise with me, Tubby. Tubby? Oh, yes, Tubby. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going back a second. The mint julep is associated with the Kentucky Derby in particular, but southern United States in general. Okay, so that explains the kernels then. Yeah. Yes. Then we, I love, the best part about this is Homer just walking past, like we discussed earlier. Balls out, doesn't give a shit. You ain't going to catch me. <laughs> hey, how's it, how's it hanging? Yes. I don't even know if it's Homer deliberately trying to be balls out. I think it's just Homer having so little of a clue as to the gravity of the situation. Maybe. A little part of me likes to think that Homer knows how good he is at this. Yeah, okay. And enjoys the thrill of it. So then we have the, the, the stills. They start exploding. <laughs> Kablamo! Oh my! <laughs> Coming up in bed, so good, isn't it? <laughs> Marge says it's time to quit. You need to get, you know, quit while you're ahead. And Homer's like, no, I'll think about it, but probably not. Leaves, explodes. I thought about what you said, Marge, and I've decided to quit. <laughs> Ash was watching this, and her reaction was, "Marge is remarkably calm for a woman whose husband is on fire." Here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is true. Then Homer is counting all of his money walking through the streets. I guess the, the, the fire was a way to get him out the front because why else would he just be walking around the streets in the middle of the night? Yeah, that's true. Then Wiggum tries to rob him. Poor Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to give me your money. Well, no, I mean, that gun doesn't even have a handle. Or a trigger. <laughs> oh, sorry, trigger. My bad. Yeah, you have to sell the handle to feed his family. Fair then Homer point. suggests, uh, if you want to get back at Banner, I've got an idea. Banner is, meanwhile, hosting a press conference saying that Mysterious Beer Baron is, didn't even exist. It was just something made up. And I, I, I love that the Mysterious Liquor Clouds of Evergreen Terrace now gone. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you notice here in the in the uh, design of the scene, so you've got a crowd full of nobodies, just random characters, but yeah. Lenny's the only one that we oh, know I didn't, because I didn't they have Lenny that. making the, the line, oh, captured Homer? Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, Grandpa's in there. Is he? Yeah. Okay, I didn't notice him. Okay. I also like Banner trying to laugh. Dave Thomas was just fantastic here. The idea that someone like that could operate under my very nose is laughable. Uh. <laughs> well, you all know what laughter sounds like. Then Brockman cuts to Wiggum, 
The best part about this whole press conference where Wiggum has captured Homer is, you've got one thing, Chief. I fill the balls with a funnel. <laughs> it's a look on his face. He's so smugly satisfied. You see, that's what I mean. Like He is smug. He knew how good he was at it. Oh, then, but he's, he's playing it up a little bit in that particular scene. That but, is true. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, <laughs> Homer Marge is like, are you, are you sure you're going to be okay? Oh, I'm sure I'll just be slapping the wrist. Cut to the catapult. <laughs> yeah. And it's I, funny because you forgot about the catapult. Yeah, exactly. It's a really good flash cut callback joke. It's, uh, the, yeah. Structurally, it's very pleasing. Yes. Wigan <laughs> Wigan was prepared to send him to jail. Yeah, it, I thought you'd get a fine or at most three, four years in prison. Yeah. <laughs> so they tested that with a cat first. I wrote here, poor kitty. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, the Simpsons, not above flinging an animal off into, into the never-never though. I think the last time we saw this was the rabbit from season one, no? Yeah, I was thinking that. Or the nun from Bart's Bigger Brother. No, we also get the giant lard lad kicking the dog in Halloween. Ah, oh, yes, of In Trails of Horror, yep. Marge interferes and says that uh, she has a big spiel. I'll play the clip, but the whole, it cost, them, cost us our freedom to drink. Wait, wait, you can't do this. All my husband did was violate a law that doesn't make sense. Now, I'll admit car crashes and fistfights have been down recently, but prohibition has cost us our freedom. Our freedom to drink. Now, hold on a minute, Missy. It's not up to us to choose which laws we want to obey. If it were, I'd kill everyone who looked at me cockeyed. Our laws are in place for a reason. Send them back to Mama, boy. Pretty epic farewell for the character, isn't it? It is. It's... I mean, it's a fair indication that this is a character that's not coming back, though. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it's just anyone that wanted to see Rex Banner again, not happening. And Quimby pretty much represents all the audience here. Well, that was unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) Then they're going to put Homer back on there anyway. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, you know, the law's the law. I I feel like Marge and like the kids like weren't sad enough that Homer was about to be fucking catapulted. (laughs) I think if your father had been was on a catapult and you were watching, I think just a state of shock would be your overriding emotion. That is true. I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like they should have been trying to stop it. Anyway, it doesn't matter because the old guy cuts in and says, wait a minute, I found more lines on the parchment. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out that the whole thing never had to happen in the first place. Yeah, because it had been repealed 199 years ago. Yeah. Quimby then asks, how long will it take to fill this town with alcohol? Homer says, I'm out of that business. Fat Tony, four minutes. And so, one town's brief flirtation with Prohibition ended in a joyous remarriage to Lady Liquor. Congratulations, Springfield. We wish you the very best. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. So, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, such a funny episode that's filled with so many more iconic moments than I remembered being in this one. Mm. It was better coming out of it than going in. I was excited going in, but after finishing watching it, I was like, man, that was great. Like, I I want to watch it again now. It was just so funny. Yeah, it, it really it really was. Like, it was. it's just such a fantastic episode. There's no wasted scenes in this. It's just everything, everything really hits the mark. There's no jokes that are cringeworthy. There's no jokes that have aged badly. Everything about this, you can go back and watch. It's timeless. It, it's, it's a fantastic episode. It's, it's up there with the with anything else that season eight has to offer. I don't quite think Rex Banner gets the love that he deserves. Uh, no, I'm not sure that he does either, actually. Probably even by us in the past, to be honest. It wasn't until critically watching it again that I realised just how good he was. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? I learned, Dando, that you will never go broke selling illegal products. 
<laughs> that, that is true. I learned that Geelong needs to invest in the catapult for the Mel. <laughs> I thought you were about to say for the mayor. <laughs> Can you imagine how fun that would be? Just catapulting all the mall rats. Catapulting the mall rats would be tremendous. <laughs> Jamil! Jamil is here! Mailbag time. Now, Mitch, we've taken a different angle this week. I thought, you know what? I love our patrons so much that I'm going to give them the chance to send in some patron-exclusive mailbag questions. So I asked yeah. for questions specific to this episode because I thought, why not? It makes yeah. sense. Now, normally when this happens, we don't get much in the way of good stuff. People just quote the episode back to us and go, well, none of that can be but used. We warned but- them last week. Don't do that again. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so this week we've got some absolutely great episode-specific questions. Now, do not panic. Um, people that are still sending in to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com, you will not be overlooked. We're not turning the mailbag into a Patreon-exclusive thing. But just basically this week, there's some really good ones in here and they all fit the theme of this episode. So that's yeah. what we're doing. Okay, so uh, now some of these are about the episode. Some of them are just themes on the episode. Joseph O'Hara uh, writes in, Mitch and Dando, if you were given one final drink before Australia brought in Prohibition, what would it be? See, I'm, I've never been adventurous when it comes to alcohol. I don't know. So my answer is going to be boring. I can't, I've never even had like a martini or nothing. I don't know. You know what I, know what I would? I would try a white Russian because I've never had one. And oh, you always okay. say how good they are. So I would yeah, try well, a white Russian for the first time. White Russians are delicious. Uh, I actually answered Steve for this one on Facebook and just said big. <laughs> that's, they do it in Australia, isn't it? It's true. He does point out that this is a purely hypothetical question because this could never, ever happen in Australia. Now, did you say you answered Steve back or did you answer Joseph? Uh, Joseph, sorry. did I, I might have said Steve. I meant Joseph. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> Lewis Kavanagh writes in, what's your go-to hangover cure? Big Mama Suvlaki from Texas Hamburgers on Mercer Street, Geelong. Yeah, right. See, mine is a preventative. I think you can't go past a halal snack pack at three in the morning when you're on your way home. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, see, this is when I was a kid, right? When I say when I was a kid, when I was like 19, 20, I would always run home from town. I wouldn't bother getting a cab. So, <laughs> I, but it got to the point How where. How far away did you live? We lived in Bell Park. Okay. Mate, I used to, I worked at Cry Village Coles, which for the listeners is 14 kilometers from town. Mm. I used to run to work in the morning. I would stay out all night and then run to work, get changed, and then start working in the deli. Jesus, man. Yeah, I used to be fit. I tell you, I used to be fit. <laughs> I'll get there again one day. Those are the days. There was one time where it was New Year's Eve. New, New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve on the uh, on the waterfront. Yep. Yeah. So I was there and I was wearing like suit shoes, suit suited up, whatever. And I had to work the next day. And I ran to work in my suit, got shin splints. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so getting back to the souvlaki. So it got to me when I used to run home from uh, from town. I would get to the point where I could see the Texas lighting up the sky, the big Texas sign. I'm like, all right, I've got two options here. I can run home and be good, or I can run to Texas, get a souvlaki and get mum to pick me up. <laughs> so, they were always my two options. But if I ran past Texas, I knew I was going home. But if I stopped at Texas, mum was getting a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Quinn, well, you might not be able to answer this one very well because you just said you're not adventurous, but what is your favorite cocktail? Yeah, I'll Have you that. ever had a cocktail? Have I? I had a, a fruit tingle. Is that that's a cocktail, right? Uh, is it a cocktail or is that a slushy? What about um, oh, wet pussy? Was that a cocktail? That was a shot. That was a shot. Okay. Yeah. Nah. See, I'm not adventurous. Nah. I don't. I don't know. Oh. No. Nah. Um. The, what's the coffee one? Uh, espresso. Espresso martini. martini? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had that one counts. of them. Hated it because I don't like coffee. But Nicola made me drink one once because <laughs> she didn't want to drink it. <laughs> right. Um. I I do like 
regular martinis, uh, the gin preferably rather than vodka. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Long Island iced teas, a well-made Long Island iced tea, because it just feels like you're getting more alcohol per sip than any other cocktail I've had. Like, I don't like cocktails that hide the alcohol, because some of those will do that. Like a Tequila Sunrise, for example, is very... Too sweet? Yeah, it's very sweet. It's very fruity. They use juice to kind of mask the alcohol taste, whereas I prefer... Like, what I like about a martini is it's uh, it's gin and vermouth. It's alcohol plus alcohol. That's it. There's nothing to mix it and water it down with. I think it's dangerous when they make an alcoholic drink that makes the person not realize they're drinking alcohol. Uh, dangerous and soft. Yes. <laughs> Blake, Malo- uh, Blake McLaughlin, he's actually written in a few different ones here. So, uh, I'll answer one and you can answer one. What would be your plan to smuggle alcohol in if you lived in a... Like, if, if the area you lived in had a prohibition. I've always loved the idea of underground tunnels. I know, but if there's no underground tunnels, what would you do? Uh, drone? That'd be one big drone, though, wouldn't it? A drone. Yeah, and it's pretty visible. Like, people are going to see that coming down. <laughs> An invisibility cloak of some kind. How much alcohol are we talking? Well, uh, let's say not necessarily enough to supply a whole town, but enough to enjoy it yourself. You've got it. You you're throwing your fortieth birthday party, and you've got to have enough for fifteen people. So this is where I like to just pay other people to do it for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how would you do it? Um, how would I do it? In a pram? In a ba- in, dressed in baby clothing? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a cork, I'd have a dummy just in a wine bottle at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. What was your question you had to answer? My question was, have you ever had a night where I blacked out? And if so, what do you? What do I remember? Oh, I've got one of those. And yeah, it happened well, once in my whole life. Yeah, it's only... So, like, the night that, I've, the, that I was the drunkest I've ever been, I actually remember everything, which is really weird. I remember all the times I fell asleep. I remember all the times I woke up. I remember being face down on bricks. And I remember pleading with some strangers not to leave me alone. Um, and it did, like it was just like, help please, me, please. I'm sick. Please, please don't go. Please. <laughs> um, uh, and the only time that I remember being like the only time that time slipped away from me was, a, it was like it was just a rough night. Like I'd I'd had let's not say it wasn't a breakup, but I'd been seeing someone, and then we'd entered a period where it was becoming apparent that she wanted to spend more time with her ex than she wanted to spend with me. So it was in that period of like, oh, I'm no longer the kind of, I'm no longer in here. And, but I was still going out with them as a group of people to a bar. So it was just that awkward thing where like, well, all I can do is drink my way through this situation. And I remember (laughs) confessing some things to someone who later revealed himself to be a police officer, not working, but he's like, you know, I'm a cop, right? (laughs) I'm like, oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh crap. (laughs) And, um, And then like time passed. And before you knew it, I was in a cemetery, um, calling her more than a healthy number of times. (laughs) And, all of them going unanswered. Um, Poor and Grinter. It was one of those things that I'd written myself off so badly that it wasn't even awkward the next day. Like, I spoke to her and she's like, yeah, look, I understand you had a bad time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. That's worse though. She feels sympathetic towards you. A little bit. But by that time, I'd processed where we were at. Yeah, true. Mine, I've already explained in the podcast, I'm sure, in, uh, in previous episodes, where it was Room 99, which is now Khan Curry Hut in Geelong, upstairs, I was dancing on one of the padded seats. I remember dancing, looking over the dance floor, 
I remember sort of making, sort of going down towards the floor, and then mm. just waking up on the floor, getting picked up by the scruff of the neck by the by the security guard, and thrown oh, out. That's that's not ideal. No, <laughs> scruff of the neck is never good. No, no, not when you've passed out on the floor, and that's how you wake up. Like, how about a bit of a uh, safety, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, what? Any more? Is questions? that what you said to him? Uh, uh, I, a, oh, I said nothing. Have a bit of uh, yeah, yeah, safety. Five dollars, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's a, that's about um, that's it actually. Well, <laughs> I've, 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 I've got one question here that I'd like to ask you. Okay. Yep. Kenny Gad says, "What other illegal activities would you like to see Homer participate in? As he clearly has a knack oh, for being successful at them." I thought you were going to say, "What other illegal activities have we committed?" I was like, no. Well, let's <laughs> just calm down here because I've already had to censor one story as I was telling it tonight. Yes. <laughs> but, um, um, what else would I like to see him do that's illegal? What's What's a modern day? I well, I was going to say run a chop shop. Yeah. I think I'd like to see, yeah. I, have I have they done Homer. a story around illegal downloading yet on The Simpsons, I wonder? Um, see, it, it would have been a good episode, say, season 2002 for Homer to be an illegal DVD burner. Yeah, I was going to say, like, nowadays, because it's so easy to do for everyone, that that's not a thing anymore. Like, you don't have a guy that is downloading and then burning DVDs for you because everyone's just downloading yeah. it on their own. Every workplace had that one guy that burnt them onto VCDs, yeah. like one movie over two discs on CDR discs, and he'd have like this one printout stapled together that the whole workplace would pass around and they'd yeah. like, mark what they'd want and stuff. And like every that, Friday, he'd bring in his garbage exactly. bag full of DVDs. <laughs> they'd have that for PlayStation games as well. Oh, mate, that was like the greatest day of my life. I've said this before. When my dad stole my PlayStation, said I was in trouble, I'd done nothing wrong, I couldn't believe it, then rocks up three days later with my PlayStation... Burnt chip inside and like a plastic bag full <laughs> three, of games. Three days later? Yeah. She's, she's kept that ruse up for three days. Yes. What a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but mate, it was all forgotten when I finally got to play Shame War 99. Yeah. I could imagine... It, well, I was going to say that Broadway actually is like the last kind of area for bootleggers. People that will slip a video camera in to see like Hamilton or, you know, the really popular musicals. Is that a thing? Online. Yeah, it is. Uh, like the, I mean, I think because it's so like it's only in one place. If you're not in New York or you're not in London, it's it's not a show that you can see. So people like you know you're in Melbourne, you're hearing all the buzz about the show, thinking, "Geez, I really want to watch this," but you can't. So, or if you are in that area, it's still kind of prohibitively expensive for a lot of people. So you're saying there's a market there to tap into. Uh, I don't know if I don't know how many people are making money off it because of the fact that it's you know you're just downloading it for free. YouTube subscribers. Yeah, uh, you, well, you wouldn't be able to put it on YouTube. Yeah, that's true. It down. <laughs> yeah. But see, just before we run out of time here, I just want to ask you: Would you get the satisfaction though of knowing that you supply people who weren't able to get there, supply them with the show, um, or would you feel bad that you've robbed? I guess if but the thing is, if people are going to go see the show, they're going to go see the show. They're not going to watch a bootleg copy. The only one who's going to watch it is either people who have been and enjoyed it or people who don't have access to it. It's probably true. Like I would be so say with um, the Book of Mormon, I did both. Like I had been listening to the soundtrack. We were going to New York. I knew I was going to watch it in Broadway, but I also then came across a bootleg of it, and I went and I just watched it in the lead up, and it was more for me because the more you've heard the songs, the easier it is on the night to understand what's actually happening. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and But I th- I do think you're right that for the most part, you're not actually robbing them of tickets. The The other thing though is 
if I was going to be completely ethical about it, if there was some way that you could guarantee that the only people that could see it lived in areas that could not get to see it otherwise. Like IP blocked or whatever. Yeah, possibly. Anyway, hope you enjoyed our review of Homer versus the 18th Amendment, a fantastic episode that you need to go out and watch right now. Stop everything and go and watch it right now because it's better and funnier than what you remembered. Next week, Mitch, we're going to be reviewing Grade School Confidential where Skinner and Mrs. K finally do the deed. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that. R-rated four-finger discount. <laughs> do you know where the remote control is? Have you checked your pocket? It was in my pocket. That's always, that's always the moment I remember for that episode. <laughs> but uh, yes. Oh, now this is the quick bombshell, right? We've got a couple of minutes left on the card for me to record. So okay. within the last seven weeks, we recorded a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. My audio corrupted. Oh, yeah. Which was a pain in the ass because that was a good podcast. No, 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 no. no. One of our four finger discount ones. Oh. Okay. My audio got corrupted, but we got yours. I had to then go and re-record the whole episode from my end and no one oh. picked up on it. Wow, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I haven't listened to the last few episodes, so that'd be interesting. I was very, very proud of myself that no one went, Dano sounded weird this week. Ah, good stuff. Let's not tell them. No, I'm not going to tell them which one it is, but it was it was within the last seven weeks. I'll tell them that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right in with your theories. <laughs> yes, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au or just post it in the Patreon group. Uh, one yeah. quick patron spiel. We've, t- we've told you time and time again, you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts. But more importantly, I think the, the big thing is access into the Four Finger Discount Facebook group. I love that place. It's one of my favorite mm. things on the internet. That's <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, can I blow your mind, Dando, just yes. on the subject of what you were talking I actually pre-recorded all of my dialogue three weeks ago and have been playing it to you on a tape recorder. I, th- I thought something was up. I yeah. thought something was up. Uh, I, I am that good at predicting what you're going to say. <laughs> Alrighty. So, Mitch, any final words for the lovely listeners? Uh, yeah, let's let's mix the episode with a little bit of Sean Connery Untouchables to uh, round out this week. He brings your Roblox, you bring a bowling ball. He brings your catapult, you bring a legal loophole. That's the Springfield way. That's how you get better. Shh.